0: Our good friend Julie George, she says it all the time. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Simply what you do. Don't don't try to overcomplicate it. A lot of people walk in these banks. I mean, unless you're in a vacation, and I want to explain this too, unless you're in a vacation rental market, yes, you can go to the bank and tell them, hey, I have a vacation rental, and they'll they can appraise it off that. And a lot of times people think that, and I always tell people there's a difference between short-term rental and vacation rental a short-term rental in the middle of Ohio isn't gonna appraise as with Airbnb numbers as a vacation rental down in Destin, Florida or Orlando. You know what I mean? So we're mm-hmm. not there yet, but it's coming. So you have to just kind of keep it simple when you're, when you're going for those refines.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. E, what is up?
2: My brother. So good to be here. So good to see you guys. Finally, we have Micah on the show. I made a joke earlier online. I haven't had to chase somebody down this hard since high school when I used to be into girls that were not into me. But having said that, I am super excited to have him on. He's a he's a good friend of ours, and just a great hustler, and just a super cool dude all around. Friend with him on on Instagram, and just good good content keeps you motivated. He's out hustling, so it just it's just good man. And I also I really miss doing back to back shows. Mm. It, it gets me super fired up. I'm probably gonna regret this because it's. Uh, 10 p.m here um so i'm gonna be all fired up and have to go to bed but the good thing about spain is that nothing closes so i can go out for dinner um as soon as this is done so life is good man i I can't complain
1: i love it i love it yeah and for the listeners if you guys haven't joined the free facebook group join it because we stream these episodes live in there and it gives you a chance to ask amazing guests like micah your questions at the end of every episode so you get a little behind the scenes banter before the episode and then uh you get a chance to ask me questions and it's totally free so you can check out that link in our bio we'll have it down in the show notes so make sure you join that we've got a rapidly growing community super active people in there E and i are throwing nuggets in here and there too and uh just a lot of fun so with that being said um Let's get right into it. I don't want to waste any more time. We've been we've been chasing Micah forever, so I, I can't wait for this interview. So uh, today, like he was saying, we have our good friend Micah Artis on with us. Uh, we connected on Clubhouse. I don't know, probably six or seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got to know each other. Hosted a bunch of rooms together. Dude is the real deal. He's got. I don't know. He owns three arbitrages, over four hundred properties. I mean, he, the dude. The dude is a total stud. Probably the most humble host with hundreds of units I've ever met in my life, but he is the real deal, and uh, he's here to share his experience with you guys. And I'm curious because I actually do not know your backstory, so I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing this. So without further ado, Micah, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me on, man. It's been awesome. Thank y'all. It's actually been an honor to meet you guys and
0: meet people like you through Clubhouse because, man, it's actually helped me grow. Uh, But yeah, how we got started, we started in 2016, and the reason we started, man, I was a, I was a contractor. Um, I was a contractor and I just job, helped job, uh, jump job to job. and I, I loved it that way because you were making a little bit more money. But it was just like, you have these two streams of income. My wife works, I work. You don't have any time, any time for your family. You know, you're working all the time. So we, were, we went to a uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad seminar. And we're like, look, we got to create some more streams of income. So we went there. You know, you pay the $200 package to get in. We went there. And then of course they try to sell you this $45,000 package. We're like, hell no. So, cause everything they were teaching us, we're like, we can go to bigger pockets and learn this for free. So my wife, she was getting her hair done one day and she's like, you know, the prop- we, have, we already had a property but she's like, if we want to get further into real estate we should look into Airbnb. And I'm like, okay. So my wife, she's the uh, relationship builder and me, I'm the executioner. I have to do the anal- analysis and execute. So I analyzed it. I went and looked up airbnb numbers i'm like hmm so i could win a place out for 70 dollars a night have a mortgage for 700 10 nights we're making money i'm like okay so the first thing we did we went and bought a, a condo up here in north arlington probably directly across the street from the cowboy stadium right by all the water parks we put it on airbnb we're up we're moving like we're booked out we have people coming for the michigan game Everything, man. We, we probably cashed one. I think we were doing like 3X the rent on that place on 3X the mortgage on that place. So they ended up shutting us down because it was an HLA, of course, you know, learning lesson if it's an HLA, walk away or check the bylaws. So they shut us down. But we were, um we went to Vegas. We were out in Vegas and we were using uh one of our, my parents' timeshare to travel, right? So we're out there, we're at the timeshare and I'm there and I'm like, I wonder if we could rent this place on Airbnb. And she's like, try it. So I went in timeshare and I read the fine print and they have all this bonus vacation time that you can just grab anytime you want and just re-rent it or use it for yourself. So I was like, okay, let me try that out. So I put this timeshare on a, on Airbnb in Vegas. Man, it gets booked quick. I'm like, oh wow, but there's more rooms at this timeshare. So I put some more rooms up there, it gets booked. So between February of 2017 to December of 2017, I think we had probably almost about a hundred listings because I was just sitting there copying and pasting these listings onto Airbnb after I found out we could do this, and then uh, after that uh, we ended up getting, doing my house, my first house I ever owned. We got that house because uh, my uh, parents had moved from where I'm from, Portland, back to Little Rock. They stayed there a while, then they moved out, so I had a vacant house, right? So I'm like, okay, hey, got to pay the mortgage there. So we put that one on Airbnb, and it was moving. So we ended up. Uh, doing a burst strategy on another one day in that same area that one's been moving for us and then in the last seven months I decided to start doing partnerships in order to grow a little bit faster so in the last seven months we've done a 18 unit partnership between Dallas Houston Dallas and Houston and we've just been rolling ever since man and uh, I plan on putting in my two weeks February of next year to be completely done and just hang out with my family and keep growing the business,
1: man. So that's where I'm at now today. Dude, Mm -hmm. So you have 400 units and you still have a job? Yeah, see, and this is what happened. You are the ultimate hustler. That is insane. (laughs) That is insane. So this is the thing about the 400 units. The 400 units, they used
0: to make a killing back in like a year and a half ago. So what happened a year and a half ago, uh, the timeshares caught on to what I was doing. And I guess they caught on because like other people were doing it. But I guess they just weren't doing it like me. I was sitting there duplicating these listings and just putting them all up. So, what they did was they were like, uh, we're going to start charging you guys to send guests to this place. Right. So, they charged us 100 bucks, which was cool. Okay. I just put a hundred dollar resort fee on there. But after COVID hit, the resorts haven't quite opened back up yet. They're very slow. So, I'm waiting for that to resort to open back up. But I'm still, we yeah. still get reservations here and there but it's not like how it was so we're still waiting on it to jump back but yeah I plan on being done here soon uh we got a few right now we're doing two more houses so I
1: plan on being done soon wow that's yeah. wild so can you can you elaborate on that cuz I haven't heard that strategy so you don't own these timeshares mm-hmm. right so how does how is this working can you like break that down for me so the thing with timeshares most people think timeshares
0: they think two weeks or a week at a certain place for a week which is how most timeshares work. But what you have to do is what people don't know is when you own the deed to a timeshare, that deed controls thousands of properties around the globe. You just have to read the fine print. So, what I did was I found out how many properties they controlled. I was able to just go in, I'll go online, find out when I could take the, that time and just start putting it on Airbnb. So, all a timeshare is is a deed. Once you find out what's in that deed, you find out what what you can control in that D and you pay like so. I, I pay like one hundred and fifty mm. a month for that for over four hundred properties. I get access to four hundred properties for one hundred and fifty bucks a month, and then my my the vet. Now the best part about the timeshare is this: every time I send someone on vacation, I swipe my credit card, my Chase card, right, and I get three times the points on every person I send. So let's say a, I, I have a reservation for five hundred bucks, the Airbnb is going to pay me like eight hundred to a thousand. And then I'm also going to get 1500 points to go travel. So if I do that 30, 40 times a month, then I can, I can, I, that's why I, I take a, we, me and my wife take a vacation every other month of the year, just because we can simply do it for free and we don't pay for anything.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah. So you're, you got, you got tapped into, into this because your, your parents own, own a timeshare. So that's how you have access to the deed. So you have to technically own a timeshare. Of somebody in your family has to own a timeshare Correct. for you to, okay. So now all of the listeners that are like me, they think that people that own timeshares are kind of suckers because that's my, my view of timeshares. Now is your chance to go back to your aunt and uncle and be like, hey, guys, I know that I made fun of you for the timeshare thing back in the day, but actually there is this great thing that I heard on the podcast because that's absolutely amazing. So what you said also there with the credit card is because you technically are paying the resort, and then Airbnb pays you, so then you pay off your card, and then you're just doing it that way. Yes, sir. Uh-huh.
0: So I'm and arbitraging my They car. do
2: you – yeah, and they do the cleaning for you.
0: Yeah. There's a full staff. For the
2: timeshare? Like who – like the – So – Yeah, so you're not worried about cleaning team, you're not turnover, B&B, and anything, you're not – I simply yeah. swipe Fine. a
0: card, put their name on a reservation. Actually, I don't even do it anymore. My partner down in uh, Argentina does it. They swipe the card, put their information on, send them. They don't even have to send us anything else. We tell them, hey, here's the front desk number if you have any issues. Call the front desk. Go to the front desk. Anything's broke. If any, Now, if anything's broke, they'll sometimes come to us, but we just tell them, hey, uh, we just call the front desk. We've let them know of your problem, and they just go to the front desk, and they fix it. If something's
1: broke with the unit, it's like 50, 60 units there. They'll just move them to another unit. So I thought you, with a timeshare, I thought, like you said, you get like a week. So how do you get all these people into 400 units if you only get one week to use those 400?
0: So there's not a, that's, that's for some timeshares. What you do is there's a thing in all timeshares called, it's two things called inventory special and bonus time. Bonus time is last minute time that they have like this week right now, we have a bunch of dates, a bunch of rooms open and we need to sell them. Right. So they'll tell all the people that own timeshares. Most people don't read their emails or check. They'll tell you, Hey, we got these rooms. You just take them and put them on Airbnb that week. So my, for my uh, VA Sundays and Wednesdays, he just goes and updates all the calendars with all the new availability. And then those days get booked. And then you're probably going to be boosted to the top of the list because you have these really nice places. These places have pools, uh, top-of-the-line amenities, gyms, uh, foosball
1: tables, and you get to the top of the list on Airbnb and people book them. So you like basically bang out a listing, get a four-day booking, and then shut it down or block it off?
0: Uh, well, it depends on how many rooms they have. Let's say they have 20 rooms available. We'll list them all or open them all up
2: damn and so is this is this all in in one airbnb account you have multiple airbnb accounts all my
0: timeshares are in one i need to change it up but yeah they're in one i gotta change that up because that's been on my to-do list i'm like man i just dread doing it but i'm gonna have Yeah, no
2: kidding like how many like yeah no like i dread doing things when i have to like change like (laughs) three things and you have 400 um (laughs) yeah wow I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit speechless. I'm, I'm going to need to take a sip of water one second and then we can keep going.
1: So uh, I'm going to go deeper on this because we have not had anybody do this strategy before. So I got I to gotta keep unpacking a little bit. So uh, <laughs> once you have that listing up, somebody stays there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you keep that listing going and just block the calendar? Like, would you know if that same exact unit came up again or do you just constantly create new listings? Well, let's say that same exact unit, let's say he books today
0: to Monday, right? But I have another list, another, all the units are the exact same. That's how they build the timeshare out, right? Right. So let's say I have another two bedroom, two bath that he's in, but the days are still available at another unit. I'll just create another, another listing. Now let's say someone else, let's say there's days still available after that. Somebody else can come in behind the first guy and book the unit he's in when he checks out kind of get
2: what i mean by that yeah that's fascinating because technically he's doing because they're all hotels so all the units look the same so he's banking on what the hotels kind of bank on is the fact that you're you're gonna be happy regardless because everything looks looks the same you have the same amenities. i I don't care you can go to yeah the same same furnishing same bedding same everything
0: and their model and what I did with the timeshare model, I took their model of how they set up their units and then I moved it exactly over to how I set up my houses because I took, I learned everything how they set it up. Like that's how I knew, I think we were talking on Clubhouse one time, Mike, and you were like the two bedroom model is the biggest jump. I learned that so quick with the timeshares. If you have a one bedroom, yeah, it does great. But if you have a two bedroom, that's your sweet spot. The three bedrooms are okay, but the two bedrooms kill everything. Like. At the timeshare, especially like on vacation, if you have a two-bedroom, two-bedroom, two-bath, it will kill a three-bedroom, two-bath because there's not as many people traveling to that, that to that type of model. The two-bed mm. king mm. and the master, queen or twin beds in the second room with the Murphy bed in the living room—that's like the best setup in the short-term rental space.
2: Mm.
1: It's interesting. I was talking mm. to one of one of my students he's a, he's an agent down in the Tampa area. So he's been, we were talking offline about this, but he's been looking for a beach house for us. Cause that's the next purchase I want to do with something down mm-hmm. near like Sarasota. And we were analyzing numbers. And in my head, I'm like, all right, if I get at least a four bed, that's going to net me the most amount of money. But then when I did the numbers, the three beds were making more than the four beds. And I was like, how the hell is that possible? But in certain markets, that's why you got to do your homework. Like, mm-hmm certain markets it's like more people are gravitating towards the three beds you know somewhere around that 10 to 12 guests that can comfortably sleep in a three bed as opposed to a four five six eight ten bedroom house i mean these things we're doing 300 grand a year for a three bedroom yeah easy and i just had someone on my podcast um she's out in
0: uh, orlando it's very market dependent now those three now five bedrooms in orlando kills it because the people coming for disney it's a family as a group so that market research is huge um another place i know where the two bedroom are just a straight killer is uh up in uh, the poconos those two bedrooms man they kill they kill three bedrooms it's weird i'm like what but it's just the market man it's who it's you have to yeah as our friend jay Maxie would say you got to know who you serve that's what it comes down to
1: yeah it's true yeah so yeah, that's, that's, oh, will go ahead.
2: That's fascinating. No, I was, say I, I apologize. I thought I No, could. I'm still shocked. I'm I'm still coming back to my mind to, is just
1: going. I'm like,
2: yeah, so many opportunities and and just, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah,
0: it, it, that's why I love the short-term rental space. There's so many ways to be creative, you know, uh, the management model, the arbitrage model, the, uh, the owning model, if you own, right. You know, I love the, the creativity and that's, that's really what, when I, we learned the timeshare thing, I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize you could do this. And we don't even have to, there's no upfront capital, you know, um, and, and the, those that want to do it, you can literally buy a timeshare for a dollar off eBay or a thousand. It, it'll probably come out to like a thousand dollars after they deed it to you. Cause it's just like closing on a house. You're closing on a deed. So for a thousand dollars, you'll have that back in two
1: weeks, a week, really. I feel like that could be a huge opportunity if people do it right, because there's all these services now to get people out of timeshares because they don't want them and they don't know how to get out. It's like, dude, just give me that thing. I'll take it. I'll, exactly. it. I'll take it. Or that's whatever. exactly where it is. Whatever. So, so
2: how do the... Is there different... So you're just in one specific company that has the 400... Like, or is there an, an association of, of worldwide timeshares? How, how does that work? Like, Do you go huh? to a specific... Company,
0: mine is one company. Um, I use the Worldmark company. Um, there's other companies out there that do it, but the Worldmark's the one I'm familiar with. I know a lot of people like to use RCI. Um, I've heard some people be successful with RCI. Uh, I've had a couple of one. I have a, one other person on my podcast named Sue who does it, I believe, with RCI. Uh, but yeah, I do it with one company that gives me access to everything. And most of these times, excuse me, most of these timeshare companies they're partnered up. You know what I mean? Like Worldmark's partnered with Wyndham. So you can, if you have a Wyndham, you'll have access to whatever's over in Worldmark. You know what I
1: mean? Mm.
0: It's really about reading the fine print.
1: Yeah, so yeah. if I'm, I'm asking you this selfishly, but I want to know for the listeners. So if, what are some of the things to look out for when somebody's reading through that fine print? Are there certain things that you would look for? Like it, whether it's restrictions or certain access, I guess, because I'm still trying to put the pieces together. Like what are some things to avoid if you're going to go that route?
0: Uh, first thing to avoid is the time. Make sure you're, make sure you don't get suckered into one of those ones that say, Hey, we'll give you one week at the Oregon coast. And then you're done for the week and you have to wait for points. That's the first thing you need to notice. Uh, honestly, the first thing you want to ask them, if you're going to go buy a timeshare, even if you're buying it off eBay, ask the seller, Hey, do you have inventory special and bonus time available on your timeshare deed? And what they'll do, most people, the people selling it, they're going to probably be like, I don't know what that is. And just tell them, hey, call your time share and just ask them. And they'll tell them. That's the main thing. That's Those are the two things you want.
2: Mm.
1: Well, we're going to be cutting that up into a snippet for sure. Because that's, <laughs> that's a
0: nugget and a half right yeah. there. Yeah, that's basically all you need. Yeah. And you have access to that time. All you want is access to the time. And also ask them if they have any guest passes and make sure you can, you get guest passes that you can send guests on vacation. with. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I have less headache out of those than all of my other units.
1: I mean, they have their own team. So if there's issues, it's like, just call the front desk. Exactly. Everything's just point to the front desk. Hey, if they didn't clean correctly,
0: the front desk will move you. And then they'll go clean the unit you were in.
1: This is very similar to Braden Ross's model. I don't know if you caught that episode that we did. He's just doing it with the hotels where he's literally taking their inventory and selling it. And then same deal, guess has an issue, call the front desk, call the front desk. Dude, me and
0: him talked on a clubhouse one time and he was like, and I was like, I never thought about doing that with hotels. And he's like, I never thought about doing that with time. Series. I'm like, I know, you know? So yeah, me and him, we talked on clubhouse for like, we talked on clubhouse one time about that. And I was like, dude, that's so similar to what I
1: do. Mm.
2: You're
1: just yeah. playing a middleman. That's it just take so, the inventory and
2: so Yeah. Oh go ahead. So what came first? Like how did you did you get into in like you got into the houses first, right? Like you then did the houses and then you went to Vegas. You had this moment in Vegas, had the idea and the, that's how it happened.
0: Uh, the condo came first. The condo we owned which was a uh, The
2: condo came first. Yeah. We actually
0: flipped that condo. Enjoy. Yeah. It got shut down, but we flipped it into yeah, a corporate so. rental. So, it was a corporate rental for like what, three years, four years, we just 1031 exchanged that condo. I just told you we're working on a unit. We 1031 exchanged that one bedroom, one bath condo into a three bed, two bath house with a garage. And we're going to Airbnb that out. So it it was a blessing for us, but yeah, that's how we got into that first. And then we moved into arbitraging like the going to the apartment complexes, arbitraging, and now we're doing the arbitrage. And then we use the burst strategy as much as we can.
1: Out of curiosity, and I know what your answer is, but I want the listeners to hear it. So you you you're using a lot of different models. For you, what's your favorite model? Uh, hands down the bird strategy.
0: That's like that's the cheapest way to get in and the most profitable. Um, we did a bird last year, and man, like once I seen the numbers on it and how fast we were able to just get our money back, and then everything was pure profit. It was crazy. Like we bought a house at the at the end of everything we pretty much got a house up and running fully furnished for four grand. Wow. That's with buying and we own it and get the equity. The Burr strategy is like the, that's like the most, to me, in my, my opinion, the most powerful play in the short-term rental space right now. If you can mix those two models, Burr or subject to those two models, you you can't
1: lose. So again, to unpack a little bit, because this is, I guarantee this is going to be one of the most listened to episodes because there's already been so many nuggets in here. <laughs> so we've talked about it a few times, but just to reiterate, burr, buy, uh, rehab. rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, right? right. Mm-hmm. If you're comfortable with it, could we talk some numbers on like what is like, What's an acquisition cost for some of these? Like, are you doing creative financing or are you just doing traditional like 20, 25% down? Like, what, what does that look like for you on like a bird deal? So let me just, I'll just use the last one for
0: example. So the last bird deal, we uh, we pulled it out of the auction. The reason we pulled it out of the auction because the real estate market is just crazy hot right now. So I'm like, dude, we can't find deals. Wholesalers are giving bad deals, everything. So we pulled it straight out of the auction. We bought it for 47, for 40, 48, I believe. We bought it for 48. We put 24,000 worth of work into it. That 24,000, that included the furniture. We put we always include the furniture cost in the bird deal. We put 24k into it, so we're all in at about what 60 something. It ended up appraising at 95, so we did a refi. We owed like 4,000, and then we pulled the, we pulled it all out, and then we had four we owed 4,000, so we ended up getting the whole house for 4,000. And we pulled it out of the auction. Mm. That was the best deal I'd ever and, and by the way, we cashed the, two two grand. We cash load the two months, we cash load four thousand in total. And that was just off that. So, that's yeah.
2: so you got the house for Not free. Net. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So that's a free house.
0: Exactly. It's a free house. You can't yeah, beat
2: it. Technically. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you working with a specific lender that is comfortable with short-term rentals? Or are you going to a traditional bank? What are you, what are you guys that's, doing with that?
0: That's the, that's, that's the good question everyone always asks. So what I do, when I, I arbitrage the homes that I own. And let me break that down so it looks good to a bank. I, I own the house, right? It's in my name. I then arbitrage that house to my short-term rental company. They run it as an Airbnb, but I make sure to keep a paper trail that my LLC pays me every month. So when Mm -hmm. I go to the bank, they ask, hey, you have income? Yeah, I have. not only do I have my W-2 income, I also have rental income. And then I can go to a traditional lender and get that that refinance done. Um, A lot of problems Mm -hmm. when people ask, hey, how do I refinance this short-term rental property? I tell people all the time, we're not at a place yet where short-term rentals are just being refinanced by banks, but it's coming. It's definitely coming. There's a few people out there. But yeah, I just use it as a traditional rental. I, I make it look like a traditional rental.
1: Mm. So you just have like a corporate lease or whatever. I
0: love that. your
2: entity. entity. Exactly.
0: The, yeah. I, I pretty much use the arbitrage model yeah. on the houses that you own.
2: Mm. I've I almost thought about doing that with the villas uh, back, mm-hmm. like when I couldn't find when I couldn't find a bank. Which now I'm almost almost done with one, hopefully uh, in the near future. Um, but I was talking to a friend of mine that is also in in commercial real estate. And that's what he said, is like, just do a master lease to your other company and then start get, making yourself a paper trail. And you don't even need that long. You need like what, three months worth of like just showing that the rent mm-hmm. is coming in. And then you using that, they're usually, they're not going to check. As long as the thing is, it's you have a lease on it. That's all they care about. And that way you're literally, dude, yeah, this is going to be one of the most listened podcasts. I might and have not, to re-listen to this podcast too.
0: And I tell people, I mean, it's uh, our good friend, Julie George, She says it all the time. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Simply what you do. Don't, don't try to overcomplicate it. A lot of people walk in these banks. I mean, unless you're in a vacation and I want to explain it too, unless you're in a vacation rental market, Yes, you can go to the bank and tell them, "Hey, I have a vacation rental, and they'll they can appraise it off that." And a lot of times, people think that, and I always tell people, there's a difference between short-term rental and vacation rental. A short-term rental in the middle of Ohio isn't going to appraise as with Airbnb numbers as a vacation rental down in Destin, Florida or Orlando. You know what I mean? So we're mm-hmm. not there yet, but it's coming. So you have to just kind of keep it simple when you when you're going for those refines. Mm, that's
1: so good. I think I'm gonna use that for myself because my my condo, I'm not renting it anymore because of an HOA issue. So we use it all the time. But now I'm like, damn, I don't think I can write my trips off anymore because every time I go up there, I write it off. Now I'm like, okay, I could rent it to my other company for whatever reason and uh, still write it off. So I'm I'm gonna leverage it that way. Um, That's awesome, man. So for you, what I'm curious, like what, we were just talking on the last episode about this. He brought it up. You've come a long way in a few years with, with this business. What's, what's your vision? What's like your five-year vision for this thing, for you guys? In five years, I want to be able to
0: purchase a hotel. Um, and then once I'm done purchasing a hotel, I really my, my typical day in the next five years, I really want it to be me and my wife. We drop our kids off at school, go to the gym, work our business, go pick our kids up. That's my typical day. that what I want to in five years, I want to own a hotel to where it's just paying for everything on a constant cash flow basis. I just want everything passive. Man, I, I I grew up watching my parents just like working jobs that they hate. And you just look at that and you're like, I don't want that for myself. And certain times, you always can't give the most to your kids. So that's my vision. Like that's I, I already have like a perfect day planned out of what I want.
1: Mm. And I
0: know I'll be there soon.
1: Mm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> gotta have it gotta oh have you're it. gonna
0: have it i know you're gonna have it oh yeah
1: definitely i can't I wait think it's gonna be a lot faster than five years dude for you
0: i think so i think so man uh this year's been a real real good game changer just off like the gyms i heard on clubhouse like i, I gotta give a shout out to Jake M- macy he when he told me about profit first that's like a game changing book like that that changed the whole perspective so yeah i know it- it'll probably yeah it'll be real faster than five years for sure
2: mm.
1: Yeah, I love it. You want to add something? I love that? that
2: book. Yeah, no, I love that book. And I think we connected on 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 IG on that book, and just like understanding, it just it just completely flips over the whole yeah the whole idea of of what people have been doing for so long, right? And like I've literally started doing it, and like obviously, for our listeners that know me, Mike knows me, I'm not doing it that great. But even the most simple, like I, I I, have most of the accounts kind of set up. The one that I've been religious with is just moving the profit every mm-hmm. week. And and it's growing. And the business, I haven't even, you don't feel it, right? You don't feel it. And it's just, and it keeps growing. And you're just like, why have I not done this this entire time, Right. And for those of you that haven't read the book, you highly recommend reading it. But the concept is it's super simple. Instead of doing the usual business model that is income minus expenses equals profit. And that's what you take home is income. Take your profit out of it. You start with a smaller percentage that kind of grows over time. And then you learn how to run your business on everything else. And, and just to quote Julie again, right? Keep it simple, stupid. And it's, and it's such a simple thing, but it It works. And the, and the beauty of it is that then you have this extra money that then actually I'm supposed to pay it myself now, right? It's like every quarter, you take half of the money that you have in your profit account and you distribute it between, between the owners. What's amazing is that that profit account is coming through now, which I, I have a vacation to pay for. That is going to get paid from the profits that are coming in from the profit account. Can be. And that's the that's all sauce, right? Like it's just all sauce. And I love it. I love how clear your vision is. And I think that's a that's a thing that we spend a lot of time talking about. And it's what drives you, right? Like it's just like when you feel and and I'm human. you're human Mike is human, right? We have days that we wake up and you're like, ugh, <laughs> today is not the day, <laughs> like. I went to the gym, I meditated, I have I journaled. I still want to punch somebody in the face. Like there is just no way around it. Like it's just, I, that's one of those days and they don't happen very often, but they happen, right? But it's that big why and having the vision and understanding what you want and having a partner that you want to do it with and your kids and, and, and everything else, right? It, and it just makes it all worth it. And it gives you that, that, kind of extra kick when you need it and just having the kindness also because that's another thing that i've learned over time is just just be kind when you have those days and and understanding that hey sometimes you you kind of need them right Mm -hmm. um i kind of want to bring us to obviously on the um on the timeshare team uh thing your team looks pretty lean i assume right you just have VA that probably updates your calendar, so on and so forth. But you don't need the rest of the team, like the handyman and, and and everything else. But on everything else that you do, what does your team look like kind of there? And the other thing that I'd love for you to talk about, since you still have a job, is what kind of technology are you guys using, leveraging? So if you want to touch on that. A okay.
0: Bit. So my team, I have a team in Houston. Um, then I have a team in Arkansas. Arkansas teams like superb. Like they have it down to a T. I love them. They, they easy. Everything's five-star review cleans on everything. They've got it down to a system. Then I have a team here. Um, I do have a cleaning team. I'm still trying to build my team back in Dallas again, because I pulled out of Dallas, then I'm back in it. Um, But as far as tech. um, So when I started using profit first, I started really going over all the tech I was using and I was trying to make sure I wasn't stepping on my own toes by had doubling up on tech. And I was. So I got rid of Smart B&B. That's one of the things I got rid of. And I just use 100% Your Porter. The reason why I love Your Porter is because it has a direct booking website feature. And I do tell all people this, just my personal opinion, if you're going to pay a PMS, make sure they're giving you direct bookings. If they're not giving you direct bookings, go somewhere else. Um, so I use Your Porter. They handle all, the, all of our messaging, uh, syncs all of our calendars together. Uh, and then I also use like all the automations in there, like the email automations, uh, um, then I also, on the pricing, I use Price lab and Price lab syncs up to your border. So that's two of the tech stacks. And then to keep in touch with my team, we also use Slack. So like we can get in Slack, communicate with each other, uh, trying to think what other tech we use because we cut your Porter. Oh, for the timeshares, now we did shift the timeshares as well to help us cut Smart b and We integrated over to Airbnb's messaging system. So we started pretty much how he was saying cut expenses and profit first. We're like, okay, let's just use Airbnb's messaging system since they just created one. And it's been a game changer for us. So it's not too much tech that we have. Um, but in the future, I do, plan in on, I do plan on switching over to Hostfully in the future, just because of the limitations that are on uh, your Porter. But we're going to do that in the future, switch over to Hostfully.
1: Mm, I love
2: it. Yeah, I, I love them. What I've, about your I, access? I've been like with them for a little while. On the luck
1: side of it. On the what? on the locks, like the access, I'm sure the timeshares have their own deal, but like for mm-hmm. your properties, what are you using for like locks or do you have a um, preferred one? We use remote lock five. I, the reason why we love those locks is
0: we can literally go into every single one of our locks just on one app. And we set uh like we do timestamps for the cleaners. So we know what time they're showing up. So if a cleaner is showing up at three o'clock and check-ins at four, we see it, you know, it gets sent, it gets the, email uh not an email but a text message which then can get forwarded into slack so those are what we like we like the remote lock five eyes and everything's connected directly to the wi-fi there's no
1: middle hub or any of that love that does that automatically create codes for the guests you guys have to manually do it
0: no automatic
1: it connects directly to um
0: what is it to uh airbnb verbo and it also has the best part about it if you take direct bookings it has a uh Hey, what is it? What's it called? The integration. It's called a uh, iCal. It's iCal, ICAL integration. Yeah. So you can take your iCal link, sync it over to remote lock. So when someone books, it creates them a code and then it grabs their email through the iCal and sends it to them directly. Mm. Yeah, that's like my it. favorite lock. Yeah, it, it it takes the headache right off. I don't create codes or anything like that.
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I got
2: to invest in those. I'm, I'm still at villas. So I still have regular keys and it's just really? been a thing that we've kind of noticed over time and just an investment you know but the thing mm-hmm. is like i have 40 doors so i'm like Ugh, i don't i don't want to buy 40 locks yeah
0: that's it that's gonna because they're about 200 some a piece but it gives you that peace of mind
1: <laughs> that's what you're paying for
0: you know um yeah that's what i love about them
1: it's only eight grandy it's not a big deal <laughs> yeah
2: yeah eight- um my month in spain is like 6 so <laughs> Woo,
1: it's all i prefer that priorities right now Lux, but
2: man you got to start uh, credit card hacking We'll do locks we'll, we'll do locks some other time yeah all of my all of my airbnb were, were points my my airline was points and, and everything else was all points
1: i, love I finally it. connected with my so, with our uh, our buddy aaron Velke, who's like a uh, hacking credit card hacking ninja and he like set me up with all this stuff. So I got like my MX platinum now and all this stuff. So I can use like the lounges and I got 130,000 bonus points. And I used to get, I deviated me from profit first a little bit though. So the reason I like profit first is I can log into my bank at any point And I just look at that expense account and I know what I have left. But when I switch to the credit cards, it kind of throws a wrinkle in that because I'm putting everything on the credit cards and paying that off every month. So it, it deviates from this system a little bit. Um, so for the newbies, follow this first till you get your money management right and then do the credit hacking stuff. Cause I know for me, mm-hmm. if it's too complicated, I, don't, I won't do it. I just know myself. So I needed to simplify and streamline. And now I'm like, okay, I've been doing this for a few years. All I gotta do is one extra little step now and get all those points, but
0: yeah. I a hundred percent agree with what you just said. If you don't, if you aren't disciplined enough, don't do the credit card hacking. Uh, but that is the only part of profit first that I don't use is because he says, don't use the credit cards, but I still have everything on that Amex gold card. Like the automations of like a, you know, like all my utilities and things like that, all that goes to that card. But the cool thing about it is I get about two, 300 bucks off a month on utilities. Cause I just put some of those points right back on that, on the card. And then I use my Chase business card for my timeshares, and I can just travel for free with that because it brings me enough points. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you get a little break
2: too. Yeah. American Express did like actual upgrade to the platinum card. It's, I waited for the longest time. Aaron was telling me for years to do it. And it's amazing. Because now, for example, we're going back to Barcelona for 48 hours. And if you then go through Amex, so if you don't know the story about Amex, Amex.
1: Oh no. Yeah, I think cut out. Oh no. (laughs) Right when he was going to drop the gym. I know. I'll say one thing that I've really enjoyed about the Amex that has helped me a lot. One thing that I hear me. Yeah, we'll get, I want to just say one thing. The reason that I really like the Amex, right? So I have receipts up the wazoo for different property stuff, for my truck, my gas, like whatever. I love the MX app because I literally open the app. I scan my gas receipt and it automatically tags it to that transaction. And I can tag it like this is my business. This is a specific property. And then I can print out a report or export a CSV file at the end of the month and send it to my bookkeeper. So I know all of these receipts and all these transactions, what property they go to. And it just saves me from having these mountains of receipts that I used to have. Or at one point I would have to email them to my assistant who would then have to upload them. And then I lost a Google drive folder at one point and it was a mess. But now it's like, I have one monthly report that has all the receipts attached to it. And it's just done. Just again, these, when we talk about systems, it doesn't have to be some complicated, crazy thing. It's just, what is a simple process that I can put in place to make my life easier? That's all a system is. Exactly.
2: Um, you know what I was going to say yeah sorry um, Amex if you guys don't know they used to be a travel company so back in the day when uh, travelers checks were a thing Amex was one of the biggest traveling checks company and a travel company so their actual travel side of things they're absolutely amazing and once you go to the platinum you get so the hotel in Barcelona that I'm going to I use all my all my Amex points to book it. But then you also get free upgrade. You get guaranteed 4 p.m. checkout. You get guaranteed um, free breakfast. So there is so many advantages. And when you travel, there is no more spending $25 for a sandwich at the airport. You can go to any lounge and you can literally eat and drink and they give you alcohol. So all the American Express lounges have amazing food. So it's literally becomes pretty much super economical to travel because you're getting all of this extra stuff. And then I get Uber, Uber credits, you get shopping credits in a bunch of places that you can go to. So it's just like, it's literally a no brainer for the $500 a a year that they actually charge you, you get way more just if you if you'd like to travel and you travel like Micah once every other month. I used to spend like 45, 50 bucks just eating in airports. So you make all of that back.
0: Now, I have a question for you. Is the Amex Platinum better than the gold? Because I just started. It is. Yeah. Okay. You guys just taught me something because I just started hacking with the Amex cards. I've been hacking with the Chase cards, but okay.
2: No, no. I'll send you a
0: link
1: for it, Micah. I got (laughs) 130,000 bonus points. 130,000.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'll send you that. Yeah, and you'll get them. You'll get immediately. And now Mike is gonna get some points from from referring you over too. So I've never just, done it before, just, so I'll see. Yeah, you. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get. I think you get like twenty five thousand or thirty five thousand points, uh, just on, for referring hey, somebody over.
0: Another thing, put it on your link tree. I put all of mine on my link tree, so I get referral points too. Like on my link tree, hey, you want to join up and travel for free with Chase? Click this link and it goes straight there. You want to travel with Amex? Yeah. Put it on your link tree. People, especially you have a podcast, man.
2: Mm,
1: See, always bringing the nuggets. This guy. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I love it. Wow. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, But before we come to the last question, I want to first acknowledge you and thank you again for coming on the show. I consider you a really good friend. Like You're just an awesome dude. I can't wait till we can hang out in person and get together and do some masterminding again and just like kick it. And, um, just kudos to you and your family, man, for all your success. And I love like your mission behind everything. Like I totally relate to that. And I feel like we're on similar tracks and, um, yeah, man, just thank you. And where can the folks learn more about you and live, let thrive and all the cool stuff you got going on, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can follow us on IG,
0: the live, let thrive page. You can follow me personally, Mike at Micah Artist. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm sometimes on Clubhouse. I'm not in the rooms. all. actually, I'm on Clubhouse every day. I'm not in the rooms. I'm usually just typing in search and then finding people I need to connect with to kind of grow my business. But, uh, I'm on Clubhouse every now and then, but yeah, if you want to follow us, IG is the best place, man. And, uh, truly thank you guys for having me on. This is actually my first short short-term rental podcast that I've been on. I'm going to try to hop on more. So, but yeah, this has been awesome, man. Thank you guys for having
2: me. Yeah, man. All the chase was worth it. So, okay. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you, you, you came on. And, and obviously, man, just kind of like what Mike said, but, but also, um, I see being friends with you on IG. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of like the, the cool thing about being friends and following people that, that you like is that you really get to see a glimpse into, into people's life. And, and a lot of the times you'll see, if people are not about what you're actually about just by actually following them on, on IG and it's something super stupid, but like you see, like if you follow me on, on, on IG, you see what my life is like because it's, it's on there and I don't keep my, my stuff private. It's all, it's all open. And it's just, and it's just there. And I, I love your, I love seeing your stuff. You're just hustling. You're just spending time with your family. You're spending time with your kids. And it's just like, I, I support that and it's just been a pleasure to have you on here and kind of sharing, sharing space with you. And if you're ever on my side of Florida, I would, I would love to meet you.
0: Oh, definitely. I'll definitely call you guys and
1: I got to get you on live, let thrive. So yeah, let's do it,
0: man. Whenever
2: Absolutely. you want.
1: Absolutely. Well, the last question that we ask all of our guests is what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? My number one secret to success was just doing it. Like when my wife came
0: to me that day and told me about short-term rentals, I could have sat around on it, uh, but it was just doing it. And not only just doing it, um, the, the, the biggest success I've had in the last two years was not only just doing it, but growing a team and partnering with people and really growing that way. Because uh, really at the end of the day, what you'll start to learn is, to really grow in this business, it's about people and relationships. And once you get the people and relationships part down, it'll everything will start coming to you, it'll manifest. So that's the biggest thing, grow, network, network as much as you can, talk to 10 people a day,
1: tell them what you do and then serve, that's it. Mm. So good. I see so many people that are kind of afraid to tell people what they do, especially if they're doing this on the side initially and E and I have talked about this, like my whole identity shift from like Mike, the accountant to like Mike, the short-term rental Airbnb guy. Like when you have that identity shift and you get comfortable, like telling people, you know, I was golfing the other day, just met some guy out on the golf course, you know, he's a financial planner. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a real estate investor focused on short-term rentals. He's like, oh, that's cool. Like, t- what is that? Right. And it just sparks those conversations. But if you, the more, the more seeds you plant everywhere, the more opportunities are going to come your way. And it's not yeah. about promoting yourself. It's having genuine conversation with people. Nobody likes that annoying like sales guy. That's like trying to like sell you shit all the time. It's like just having conversations and actually engaging people and being interested in them. Deals are presented and closed on the golf course. I tell people that all the time
0: you mm-hmm. get pitchy when you try to set people down and show them this, Hey, I'm a short-term middle guy. We're out here having golf. It's casual.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can't beat it, hundred
1: percent.
2: And also, I would argue if you don't feel comfortable sharing your new hustle with the people around you, you may need to upgrade the rooms that you're in and the people that you're hanging out with. Because if the people that you've been friends with for a long time, they're supposed to be supporting you, make you feel ashamed, embarrassed, or doubtful about what you're choosing to invest your time in, or what you're choosing that you're doing research on, and you you know, listen to all the podcasts and done everything. Um, maybe you just need a different group of people.
1: That's facts, man. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. I love that. So good. Well, Micah, this was a pleasure, man. As he said, totally worth the hunt to get you on here. And uh, I, I guarantee this is going to be one of our most downloaded episodes because there was so many actionable like, I know I'm going to go back and watch it and take notes because the stuff that you were talking about, man, was so good. Like, so good. So thank you again. Truly appreciate you, our friendship, and your willingness to just share your experience with people. So thank you.
0: Definitely, and thank you for having me, man. And I um, hope I was able to provide value. And thank you very much for coming having me on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, brother. All right, everybody. We'll see you all next week, and uh will talk soon. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys.